Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Okay, this Supreme Court decision in Texas, Lee, Mm -hmm. shocking, 5-4. Yeah. The good news, to the extent there is any, is that this is an emergency ruling. Yeah. Okay, so it's not, this. they will continue to litigate this. This case is not over. And it concerns 30 miles of border wall, but it's a border razor wire, I should say. It's a razor wire wall, I guess you could say. Um and the things that the Biden administration has been doing um, to cut it open. What's really interesting is they want the Border Patrol to be able to go in there and cut it down and let their voters, future voters in. Um, they they, they want to continue the voter drive because that's what this is. Uh, and that's not just me saying that. The lieutenant governor of Texas said it on Fox News last week. He said, this, this, is, this is voter recruitment so we can get to a socialist America. He actually said it. So I was glad he actually said it. He's not pretending like so many on Fox News are that. Oh, Joe wants to secure the border. He's just not a good manager. No, he's not like us. He's not like the majority of Americans. Joe isn't at all. He wants a flood of humanity off across the border because they feel like they'll be Democrats and, and get them signed up on the welfare programs and they'll vote Democrat for generations. Now, he's there probably right. Um, so that's what they're doing. So the Border Patrol came out. This is the hilarious part. The Border Patrol came out and said, wait, you're fighting at the Supreme Court for the right of the Border Patrol to cut the wire? We don't want to cut the wire. That's the Border Patrol Union. They're saying, no, this will make America much less safe if we cut the wire. So the Border Patrol is like, no, we don't want the right to cut the wire. We want to leave the wire where it is. It's 30 miles of wire, and it's been highly effective because it's across a key crossing point. This is why the Biden administration, I think about how they filed this. As an emer- This is an emergency if their voters can't illegally yeah. get to them, if they can't complete the criminal loop. This is a crime. Yeah, and I just still find it amazing that a government employee union is siding with Republicans on this. It's just, yeah. I, that that show goes to show you how out of touch this administration is and how radical uh, what they're trying to do is. It is. Just, you know, good grief. You've got, you've got a government union that is siding with conservative Republicans. Okay? That's, <laughs> that in my lifetime, that just doesn't happen. There's a couple of things going on here. Um, look, Roberts is not a real Republican appointed judge because George W. Bush yeah, was a globalist and an open borders zealot. And, yeah. and I explain this all the time. The Bushes looked like Republicans, but they actually had kind of a foreign ideology. And the, there's really only one animating part to their ideology, and that is the dissolving America's borders, dissolving America as a sovereign nation, and fusing it uh, into you know, an increasingly... Uh, growing world government and world rule. That is, was their chief belief system. They don't really have much else in the way of a belief system. All of their candidates echo it. And Roberts came out of that belief system. So he is going to do what he was sent there to do. And Amy Coney Barrett, I don't shame on her. I I mean, this is not a constitutional ruling. If you notice the way the ruling was written, it's very interesting. They 
the justices, it was 5-4, the justices who came out and said, hey, we're going to side with Biden. We're going to let him, uh, you know, cut the wire. Texas, you have no right whatsoever, at least in the emergency ruling. We'll see what they do with the final one. You have no right whatsoever to protect your people. They should be at the mercy of MS-13 all day long, every day. And if a terrorist wants to come in them too, they've got more rights. That's literally what they ruled. They've got more. The terrorists at the border have more rights than the state of Texas per the dictatorial dictates of the federal government. But But one of the things in the ruling, the five side, which is the liberals plus Roberts and Coney Barrett, said um, that they're citing precedent, 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 precedent. Okay, why would you say that? Because they're not citing the Constitution. The Constitution was very clear, and we understood up till 1900 that the states have the right to do their own border patrol, uh, and the federal government does not have the right to secure the border because it was not, um, it was it, whatever is not given in the Constitution to the federal government is reserved for the states. They have the right to do it. And that is was the that was the strategy of Paxton and Abbott. They know this. If you go back before 1900 and use that precedent, back when Congress did not have a border patrol and they sent block grants to the states to do their own border security because it was the only constitutional way you could do it. If you go back to that. So this is a host job. It is not constitutional. It's the worst robber's ruling since Obamacare. What do you think? Absolutely. It's just I, I was sitting here, though, also thinking about the juxtaposition in Uvalde, Texas, where that school shooting was. We, we now have governments criticizing law enforcement for not going in to protect the students. Right. But yet now we have the federal government criticizing the state for trying to protect their citizens. Ironic. And we also have this now. Um, and this is a big deal, okay? And I'm kind of shocked by this, tell you the truth. This uh, from The Hill. Immigration overtakes inflation as top voter concern. Wow. So that tells me some of reality is actually cracking through the mainstream yeah. media and the censorship. Yeah. It has just now for the first time this week bypassed. So, look, you've got Mitch McConnell and the Republicans in the Senate working real hard to save the Democrats from the consequence of this, to no. give them a fig leaf, some kind of cover to keep the border open. They're trying hard. You give that away, we're not going to have an election this year. Um, and but they're, but they're trying. They're trying to codify in the law open borders so that Joe Biden can say, hey, the Republicans said I could have the first two million illegals for free because that's what their bill does. It says, nah, we're going to legalize illegal immigration or we're at least just going to let you do it two million times a year before you have to take action. Well, I mean, and and what do we get for that? Ukraine funding. Well, but they want to give us Ukraine funding anyway. Joe Biden's not exactly staying in the way of that. I mean, that's how dumb this deal is. Or we're doing this to get Ukraine funding. You don't have to. Joe will give it to you tomorrow if you want. Well, it's just they want open borders. So, um, and, and the Senate is driving this. And I have to give credit to our new speaker. He is standing in the gap. And I'm not sure Kev would have. Yeah, I... I I, I'm glad that you're giving Johnson a little bit of credit here because he's in an impossible situation, politically speaking, an impossible situation. But I think he's fighting the right fights. And I'm, I do too. I, I hear him saying a lot of the right things. That, that, that was the thing with McCarthy. Sometimes he wouldn't say the right things. I hear the current speaker saying the right things almost all the time whenever given the opportunity. What the current speaker is doing, and you got to watch, you got to watch him, okay? Yeah, this is the Boehner strategies so yeah. why i keep telling these people don't listen to what they say watch what they do what they do yeah mike johnson has tied them in knots he's tied them in knots since he took office because this is what he does and john boehner to his credit would do this sometimes too not as much but 
And then we got Paul Ryan, who was a disaster. This is what Johnson will say. Well, yeah, I'm all for funding Ukraine. Yeah, that's let's let's do that. Let's let's tie that to real border security. Let's let's do that. Mm -hmm. Send me something. No. And then people on our side are like, oh, no, fund Ukraine. I'm like, no, watch him, watch him, yeah. watch him. What is he? He has effectively blocked Ukraine funding since September. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Just going, yeah, you know, I'd love to fund Ukraine. Boy, wouldn't I? But, oh, look at the time. Well, and oh, look, where's the bill? It's not like no bill. And it's not like we haven't funded Ukraine. I know. The United States <sighs> has sent more money. Now. Yeah. We have sent more money to Ukraine than any other nation. And it's a European conflict. It is not an American conflict. We've sent more money there, and we're still waiting to find out exactly where that money has been going, what it has been doing, and what are the results of it. And we're not getting good answers. We're not. And so Mike Johnson has used the Boehner strategy. Boehner used to do this, and I fell for it a few times before I learned watching him. We'd have a mass shooting, right? And the Democrats would demand that our guns be taken. He'd be like, yeah. yes, we need some gun, gun control. We'll get on that right away. And then nothing would happen. So you, it, it was a brilliant strategy. It's the only strategy we use that actually works against the Democrats. It's what he's doing now. So the Republicans are trying to come back and go, okay, we'll undermine border security, call it border security, and knuckle under and see if uh, we can get him, our new speaker, to go for that. And so far, he's saying no, he's standing in the breach. Yeah. So he's blocking both Republicans trying to create open borders and give Joe Biden a pass, and he's blocking Ukraine funding. But he's doing it in a very smart way. There is no reason to go out there screaming and yelling. There's no reason. Just block it. That's Use your patch. Just block it. Yep. Well, you know, we'll take this up when you send us a good bill. We, we're waiting for it. We'd very much like to take it up right now. I love it. It's genius. It's how we should operate. Not saying I agree with everything he's doing. But you know what the really good thing about having him in? People don't understand this. Right now, as we go into the primaries... Kevin McCarthy would be acting as an instrument of terror. He had a leadership fund packed full of the kind of Democrat money that that Nikki Haley thrives off of. And he'd be going around in the primaries and spending it to eliminate conservative candidates and promising liberal Republican rhino candidates the money. That's what Kev did. That is why our party is so polluted. John uh, uh, Paul Ryan did it before. And so the fact that Kevin McCarthy has been sidelined and sent the heck home means that fund gets no more dollars. He's still got about $15 million in it. He's going to do a lot of damage with it, but this is the end. No more killing off conservatives in the primary. That is why we had to get rid of Kev. That was the number one reason. And Johnson is not doing that. That is a massive, massive improvement. So I still stay where I am. I'm not happy with some things with Johnson, but I, I want to thank Matt Getz for standing in the breach. I want to thank Nancy Mace for standing in the breach. Much better, much better place we're in today because of what they did. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, I didn't get to do as much of this as I normally like. World Economic Forum last week, it's basically all the top leaders of all the top corporations in the world. All the heads of state, key politicians, getting together to plan their agendas. Why I pay attention? It's because of who they are. Not just some conspiracy group with a small agenda. I mean, they are the elite of the world. And they announced that their number one goal was censorship, the elimination of misinformation and disinformation. And in other words, anything that's true, like, hey, the COVID shot causes myocarditis. Yeah, things like that, uh, which the CDC, by the way, we just caught them cold handed. They were going to send out a warning in May of 21, but quashed it. They knew the whole time it caused myocarditis, but they had people telling the, the truth censored. Right. So this is what we're talking about here. The theme was literally censorship last week at Davos. And what are they going to do after the censorship? We're going to need to censor you for what they're going to do next. What they want to do. Roll out their carbon footprint tracker. You're going to love this. It tracks everything you buy, everywhere you go, and gives you a carbon score. Chinese people would would recognize this. It's a social credit system. So they want to do that. Um, and then they want to ban elections. If we could just use AI to figure out how the voters would uh, vote. This is the agenda. This is what they do if they could. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but this is what they will do if you let them. You do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict. And afterwards you can say, why do we need elections? Because we know what the result will be. Yeah. We don't need elections. So then they trot out this freak show. Her name is Jojo Maida. And she compared what she calls echocide to genocide. She said we need to stop echocide now. What is echocide? Echocide is when you disturb the earth in order to farm. And she says you should be punished as severely as genocide. Unlike her an international crime like genocide that in, involves a specific intent. With ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are, um, you know, producing energy and so on. What's, it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. Yeah, people get to live. That's the... Collateral damage. They get to have, like, food. By the way, she doesn't look like she's ever missed a meal. She's a chunker. She could use the PhD weight loss program. I'll take some weight off her. Uh, but she wants to take some weight off you. So watch for this word, ecocide. This is why they got to silence the people, because you can't do stuff like this uh, if people have 
a voice. So they want to make ecocide, i.e. farming, a crime. Here we go. The concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, but legally speaking, um, what our organisation and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognised legally as a serious crime. By the way, she's a World Economic Forum agenda collaborator. In other words, she helps to craft their agenda. This is their agenda ecocide. And they want to leave no stone unturned. This is, I love this clip because it shows you who these people are. They're sitting around talking about how they just had a bunch of coffee before they do the session. And World Economic Forum agenda contributor, he's a Swiss banker called Hubert Keller, then proposes eliminating your coffee. Yes, they're coming for your coffee. Except they'll still be drinking it, just not you, peasant. We'll be having our coffee before the session, and, and you raised the coffee example. I'd love just to give you the chance to expand on that. Basically, the coffee that we all drink um, emits between 15 and 20 tons of CO2 per tonne of coffee. So we should all know that this is every time we drink coffee, we are basically putting CO2 into the atmosphere. Um, the other, and one of the reasons is because most of the coffee plantation, or most of the coffee is produced through monoculture, and, um, and, and monoculture is also affected by climate change. They um, literally just drink coffee. They're going to go on drinking all the coffee they need. You're just not going to drink your coffee. Because that's how this works. But look, what we could be grateful for is they're laying out the agenda. This is the lunacy. This is the stuff they pumped Nikki Haley's head full of for six years after she became a World Economic Forum scholar in 2011. That's what they do. Then they put you through the brainwashing program. And she came out the other end demanding um, digital ID. By the way, if you want to know what digital ID is going to be used for, the queen of the Netherlands. I didn't know Netherlands had a queen. She's nuts, by the way. Queen Maxima. Sounds like something out of the Hunger, Game, Hunger Games. She looks like something out of the Hunger Games, too. It's, it's real weird. But anyway, uh, she was talking about this uh, digital ID that Nikki Haley says you got to have. It's going to be, like, absolutely awesome. Um, you will have to have it to go on social media. It's like a license to use social media. Listen to how she says Nikki Haley's digital ID would work. And again, uh, this uh, woman is Queen Maxima of... The Netherlands. Why? Because in order to open an account, you need to have an ID. Right. And um, I have to say that when we when I started this job, there were actually very little countries in Africa or Latin America that had one ubiquitous mm-hmm. type of ID, and certainly that <laughs> it was digital, and certainly that it was biometric. And uh, we really worked with all our partners to actually help that being, uh, um, I mean, to grow this, and. The interesting part of it is that, you know, yes, it is very necessary for financial services, but not only. Sure. You know, it's also good for school enrollment. It's also good for health who actually got a vaccination or not. Who got a vaccination? Uh, it's, See it's that? It's very good to actually to get your subsidies, you know, from the government. Uh-huh. So this has not only effect to the financial services. So it's a very important issue. Right, right. So when Nikki Haley says... You, we got to verify you need a digital ID. This is what, understand, she wants it to use the internet, but this is what they intend to use it for, to make sure you got the shot. What shot? The one we just found out in the last hour from the CDC, they knew caused heart damage as soon as May 2021. Wrote up a warning, but never sent it out. 
that shot. So when Nikki Haley says digital ID for social media, no, this is what these people intend to use. And she's one of them. The head of the World Economic Forum, uh, Larry Fink, who really is a Fink, is fundraising for her. So look, we need a chop blocker here in South Carolina if she's still running. And I'm hoping she goes down hard in flames tonight in, in New Hampshire. I mean, just like she can't. Here's the thing. I can see what could happen here in South Carolina if she if she doesn't suspend her campaign. People go, I had Trump's 30 points ahead. No, she needs to be humiliated absolutely destroyed in the state and nobody can hand it to her like we can to stop that agenda right there she was inducted into the world economic forum in 2011 along with a bunch of other liberals including a cnn anchor that agenda right there you want to do something right now to stop that you feel powerful powerless vote in the primary if she is still on that ballot go vote vote for donald trump we cannot have her making any kind of showing here we, she has to be so decimated that the people at the World Economic Forum who raised money for her, the Democrats who raised over $30 million for her, have no leg to stand on when they say Nikki is the head of the Republican Party. Because what they're trying to do is socially advance her as well. Think about it this way. Is Trump elected right now? No, he doesn't hold office. Who would you say is the head of the Republican Party? Trump, right? They want Nikki there. They want her to show well enough in this state, in New Hampshire, so that this is their plan, not mine. When they put him in prison, because they think they're putting him in prison, she, will, the war princess will be advanced uh, as the leader of the party, and then they bring this stuff up. Hey, we need digital ID. They'll trot her out, and she'll say, oh, yes, it's the bestest ever. That's what they need. That's what they're buying right now. They're not buying a win. They're buying a social position for her at the head of the party. We have to vanquish this woman. We have to pound her into the ground at the ballot box. So, you know what? Trump wins by 30 points, not good enough. This woman has got to be beaten. So badly, she's done. She can just go serve on the board of some industrial uh, war machine complex company, and we should never hear from her again. Nothing is normal. Nothing's been normal for a while. And every year in America, it seems it gets worse. Even liberal Bill Maher is pointing out nothing's normal. We'll play that audio later. Including names. Here's the headline. Normal names are going extinct. Including Johnny, Amanda. I miss those boys' names. Alexander, William. And you know what's interesting to me about that? So many of those names, especially with boys, are passed down in families, right? So this means family names are dying because of the trend. It's just, I, I don't know, it's just me. It's probably just me. I look at what people name their kids now, and it drives me nuts. Because they're like, try to phonetically, everybody feels like their special little angel, their little snowflake needs to have a name nobody else has because they're going to be like unique, right? Well, that only works if you're like Usher. You know what I mean? Like, you're world famous. And it kind of works. Otherwise, it's just silly. And parents, it turns out, are not that great at phonetically spelling these names. So, I mean, you go through a list of kids' names now, like on the sports team, and I'm like, what? 
what is that? Huh? What was she, what was and you, and you say to your husband, what was that woman trying to spell? Because it's so bad, and there's not a lot of thought put into them. It's like modern tattoos; those suck too. They look like they've been drawn on with a sharpie. Get a real tattoo. If you're gonna get a tattoo, it's like adding an extra finger. Get a good one. Pay the money. Don't go for the eighty-nine dollar special. These names are like eighty-nine dollar specials. Anyway, all of these family traditional names are going away. Michelle, Amanda, John, Bradley, Angela, even things like Nora. In favor of these not names. That's why I call them not names. They're not really names. It's just a bunch of syllables that the parents smashed together because they thought they sounded cool. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of the kids have the worst names. I'm all, look, look, I am all for obscure names. I named my daughter a traditional name, but it's very obscure. It's actually a name that's very popular in Russia. Um, so I, because I wanted her to have a little bit of individuality, right? Stand out from the crowd. I think that's fine. But, but what passes for names is so trendy. And have you noticed this other trend of like whatever thing is streaming? Like for a while, Arya was at the top of the name list. Because Game of Thrones, well, Game of Thrones is over and it had a really bad ending, made people mad. And now you're stuck with a kid named Arya. Sorry if you have a kid named Arya. I mean, it's a pretty name, but it's just so wed to that series. I just, I roll my eyes when I hear it. I'm like, ah, oh, that's what you were watching when you were pregnant, right? <sighs> Texter writes, hey, Tara, if you give your kid a weird name, you're setting them up for failure. Oh, I love this. Texter writes, hey, Tara, my son is eight and his name is Jack. I've always loved the name Jack. Texter writes, I have an old traditional name, Yancey. See, that's what I'm talking about. You, you, yes, you can still find an obscure, unique name. Buy a baby name book. Now I'm getting on my high horse. I'm going to shut up. Texture writes here, my nephew is Polly Chapman the fourth, and his son is Paul Lee Chapman the fifth. Uh, Texture writes, hey, Tira, full disclosure, I'm likely to stop listening if you continue doing the crockpot advertisement and calling it barbecue. <laughs> I don't have to agree with 100% of what you say, but that's pra- but that practically sat- that's practically satanic worshiping in my book. Well, you're saying you can't make good barbecue in a crockpot? Oh, you haven't tried the what a crock barbecue. It's good. Like, no, my husband, Rambo Loco, is a barbecue fanatic. He is. He's a barbecue fanatic. And he likes it. He's very, very stuck up about his barbecue. He turns his nose up. Huh. Yeah, like, no, he grew up in Gastonia. His family's from Clover. They know some barbecue, and they will let you know they know some barbecue, and he liked it. So, there, take that. Texture writes, um, I am glad my mother and father gave me a your real name, Andrew Hamilton, I think, Jeffers. I like that. I miss those names. Texture writes, good morning, Tara. My name is John Henry. Ha ha. Uh, another texture writes, uh, Tara, I think Crash is an awesome name. So is Rambo Loco. Okay, those aren't their real names. Um, texture writes, I have a unique name and I hate having to spell it all the time. And that most of my extended family says it wrong. Okay. Yeah, see, now there's a, uh, there's a crock pot barbecue backlash going on so you know what half the women in the upstate just heard that as a challenge you come you can you can make some good barbecue in the crock pot i promise 
Texture writes, I make the best pulled pork in my crock pot with my homemade barbecue sauce. Ooh, will you text me the recipe? Another texture writes, hey, Tira, if you get the chance, try Lewis Barbecue in Greenville. Excellent food. Another texture writes, my name is Lena. Not common, but the newest name that cracks me up. I can't read that. Uh, texture writes, um, friends named his kids Maverick and Amelia. He was in the Air Force. Whatever works. <laughs> Maverick and Amelia. Now, if you want to name your kid something cool but traditional, name him Wolfgang and call him Wolf. There you go. I fixed it. Texture writes, I have three first names. Joe, Eddie, Allen. Hmm. Uh, another texture writes, a boy named Sue. That is a whole nother talk topic, sir. Uh, texture writes, my boys are grown. John and Bennett. Bennett was my great-great-grandfather's first name. He is now 24. So I like that name. <laughs> oh, my God. Now the teachers are texting in, and they're telling me what their kids and their classes have. Absidy, spelled A-B-C-D-E. No. No, that can't be real. Come on, you're pulling my, you're pulling my leg. Texter writes, my youngest son's middle name is Otis, after my dad. He's proud of it. Yeah, it's a cool name. Texter writes, um, my name is so old, it's one of Adam and Eve's son's names, Seth. Yeah, that is traditional. Uh, Texter writes, we named our daughter... You're pulling my leg. Juliet. I like Juliet. We named our daughter Juliet Indiana Jones. Oh, you did not. You did not. Uh, Texter writes, uh, my son got his name from a great grandfather named Levier, L-E-I-V-E-R. So we call, so we did Levi. I love Levi. That's cool. Uh, Texter writes, I have a nephew named Magnus Herman. Texter writes, uh, where do we go? Clifford, yeah, there you go. Uh, another texture writes, uh, my uh, my boy's name is Gunner. Uh, yeah, Gunther, that's actually traditional German, so that's kind of where that's taken from. Texture writes, no, 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 it's not barbecue in a crock pot. It's pulled pork. Okay, I'm sorry, I used the wrong term. Pulled pork in a barbecue with a barbecue sauce accompaniment. Did I do better? And finally, Texter writes, our daughter is named Clara Jane after one of her great-grandmas. I love that. No. I'm not reading that. And, uh, oh, but I wish I could. Boy, I wish I could read the text line, right? There's people texting in stuff that they've seen kids named that has, like, a double entendre dirty meaning. But the mom didn't realize she was spelling it that way. Anyway, Texter writes, I named my son Wilhelm. And... Uh, yeah, Clara, De Cecilia. I let's see. This is I just giving you guys some ideas. Folks, the Supreme Court has ruled, at least for now, this is an emergency ruling, so they'll take it up again. It's not permanent. At least for now, the Border Patrol can go in and cut down 30 miles of razor wire. So that the voter drive, which, by the way, is an illegal voter drive. This is a crime every time one of these people comes across our border. Uh, Texas has no right to defend itself. Folks, if this is the way the Supreme Court's going to go, we don't know because this is an emergency order. In fact, we don't have any options left but secession at this point for states to just say, you know what? 
you, the Supreme Court, and some army come down here and make us. But because this, people cannot be made to live this way. Listen to this, Representative Mark Green, to, to understand what they just ordered let into this country. 294 terrorist watch list folks since this president came to office. Compare that to only 11 during the entire Trump administration. Well, that's incredible. What are you doing about it? They're trying in Texas. But the Supreme Court says, no, terrorists over Americans. Oh, the founders would be rolling in their graves. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.